Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Normally, our family uh, on Christmas Day, you know, we get through all the hubble bubble and all that stuff, and then in the afternoons we go to a movie. Any of y'all do that? Any of y'all go to a movie on Christmas Day? Anybody? No? Wow. Never done that? Yeah, okay. So, all right, and it's usually packed and all that, but we didn't do it. We didn't do it this year. And uh, um, so we, we uh, I could tell you, a major road trip. But we came back and we watched the film that I've been wanting to watch. Uh, what did we do? Buy it on Hulu or whatever it was? Anyway, it's, how many of you saw the original film Unbroken uh, by Louis Zamperini? How many saw the, the follow-up, the sequel, Unbroken Path to Redemption? Anybody? Nobody's seen that? Okay, so yeah, it's a, so the the book is okay. Louis Zamperini, he was uh, uh, lived as a family uh, that moved, you know, the Italian family in California, and uh, so you know, just wasn't wasn't real easy. But he had a brother and all this stuff, and parents barely spoke any English, and was living in Torrance, California. Uh, he ended up uh, starting to run in high school, and and he was an Olympian. And uh, so he went to the Olympics in Berlin and uh, actually actually met Hitler. But then not many years later, he was uh, in the war in World War II. His, his plane was shot down uh, where uh, his bomber was, and, he, and they crashed into the ocean, and he survived 47 days, you know, on, on the ocean. Uh, and uh, just an, an amazing story. The book's great. Uh, but the first movie just kind of stopped with him getting home. And it didn't tell the, the, the real redemptive aspect of it. And so it was good to have this follow-up movie to that that, that is you know, based on this true story of, of this man that when he got back, even though he had survived those 47 days and then was captured uh, by the Japanese and was tortured for two years, um, got back, and even though the war was over, it wasn't over for him. Uh, because the, the demons of all that had happened to him would have probably prevented him from really singing what we were just singing. Uh, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord, for He has done great things for me. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there was a lot of anger. There was, uh, there was a lot of resentment. Uh, he saw God as his enemy uh, because of all that he had gone through. It may not be that you're here today and you're seeing God as your enemy, but it may be that you're sitting here today and you were singing those lyrics, but really within your soul, uh, you're not able to identify. You're, you're not seeing the great things that God has done for you. Uh, such was the case for uh, Louis Zamp uh, Zamparini. And so 
Today, as we come to the passage I want us to look at together, and by the way, it's on page 719. It's out of the book of Isaiah. And it's probably one of my favorite passages to reflect on as, as we approach a new year. A new new represents new. You know, there are new opportunities uh, uh, and just kind of wipe the slate and, and just let God uh, do what it is that He wants us to do uh, in, in, in our life. So it's Isaiah chapter 43, verses 15 to 19. And I think that this passage and, and Louis Zamperini's life really reflect a lot of what we see in this and the message that God wants me and you to know and experience today. So let's read this passage uh, together. Uh, and this is, you know, the backdrop of this. Israel's in a, in a real dark place uh, there in uh they're captive, and, and God is uh, responding to them through the prophet Isaiah. Picking up with verse 15, here's the reminders of the Lord. He said, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Then he goes on to say, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just want to come before you right now and just thank you for your word. We, we are reminded that today of the truth that, Lord, you speak to us. You speak through your Holy Spirit who is present here today. And Holy Spirit, we praise you and we glorify you and we thank you. Uh, but you speak through your Spirit, through your word. And today I pray that you would uh, just break through, that we would perceive what it is that you are doing in our lives, but more importantly, what you're doing in the world today, in the world around us, and that we may wrap our hearts around the truth and the certainty of your sovereignty and your grace, the fact that you are king, that you are victor. May we bow to you today and experience your love and grace, one that would uh, fill our soul to overflowing. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so in this particular passage, again, uh, it's a, a bleak time, a black time, dark time in the history of Israel. They're in captivity. They've lost everything, you know, that they had once treasured uh, and hoped to have. Uh, and uh, they were homesick, you know, for the land that God had blessed them with, the promised land. And here again, God is doing what He does for me and you as well. He's reaching back out to them. Through His prophet, He's reaching back and He's saying, Hey guys, I'm doing a new thing. He's inviting them to join them in that. Now, in their circumstances, in their, their situation, it's very difficult for them to see that. And one of the reasons that, that we languish so often in defeat and in strongholds and habits is that, you know, but we allow our circumstances to dictate the truth of what God is doing. But here's God saying, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. And I want you to understand that. 
And I want you to experience this thing that I'm doing. So really what I want to just share with us today is just some reminders from God's Word uh, for me and you. Encouragement from God's Word as far as if we're going to experience the new thing. And it, it, may, not, it may not be, you know, uh, something that, um, uh, that you've thought about before. Or it may be something that God is saying, hey, I, 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 I've been... I've been trying to lead you into this freedom. I've been trying to lead you into this hope. I've been trying to bring about a radical difference in your life for a long time, but it's still a new thing for you to experience. If we're going to experience God's new thing, I think this passage shows us three different things that, that we need to embrace. And number one is this, refresh my focus. If I'm going to experience what God wants to do in my life in this coming year, if you are going to experience what God wants to do in your life in this coming year, it requires that we refresh our focus. The children of Israel were just focused on the fact that they were in captivity and they had been there, that they had lost everything that they had hoped for wasn't there. But God's saying, refresh your focus. Now, how many of you have done, hit the refresh button, you know, on some of your electronics, you know? You just have to hit the refresh button. And what, what it's really talking about is quit looking behind and start looking ahead. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. If we keep looking at what's going on in the past and how life has been and all that kind of stuff, we're not going to see it. We're not going to see it. And therefore, we're not going to experience it. So <clears throat> if we're going to move forward, there are three things I think uh, in refreshing our focus that we need to understand. Number one, can't depend on past victories to sustain me. Can't look at your past victories to sustain you and what God is calling you to do. Forget those former things. Uh, the children of Israel had, had experienced many victories. If we, if we look back and we look through Scripture, you know, they had the victory of leaving Egypt. That, that was a major victory. Conquering the land of Canaan, the promised land. Fighting and defeating uh, the potential conquerors that were coming up against them. They had experienced great victories. Uh, they survived a split in their country. But now they're in captivity and all their previous victories were doing nothing to set them free today. So... The truth is, is that followers of Jesus Christ, we can have experienced freedom. We can have experienced abundance, you know, in the past. Uh, but we can't rely on those. Just by reflecting on those and drumming those up uh, doesn't bring about what God is wanting to do in our life today. It doesn't bring about the new victory, the new freedom, uh, the new transformation that God is wanting to do. So the application uh, really for this is not what God has done, and we can, we, can, we can celebrate that, but if you're in a dark place, if, if life isn't going like you thought it sh should, or if you've got the demons of the past, uh, like Louis Zamperini, that is impacting your very present, the question is not what's happened in the past, but what's God doing right now in your life? What's God doing right now? What's He calling you to do? For Louis Zamperini, whenever he came back, you know, he came back as a war hero. I mean, he had done, been an Olympian. He had survived not only being uh, on a raft or in, attacked by sharks. You need to read it if you had not done it. You know, just amazing stuff. And then uh, endured all of that torture two years uh, as a prisoner of war. Uh, but now he's facing the rest of his life. The rest of his life, what, 
what, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What is God? And at that particular point, God was working. And yet he couldn't see it uh, because he needed to refresh. He needed to stop looking at the past and lamenting over the past. Second thing as far as that is you can't, you can't depend on past victories, but you can't allow your past failures to possess you. How many times do we as Christians allow the, our defeats and our failures and just what a mess we are and, and a failure we are to just really define us and possess us? In this particular uh, passage, uh, it helps us to remember that the children of, of Israel had, you know, these are God's people, God's children. They had failed God miserably. Think about every time that God blessed them with good things, they, they responded with evil. And remember, we defined evil and wicked as just forgetting God. They just done their thing. So God gave them a temple. What did they give Him? They gave Him idol worship. God gave them the truth. And what did they do? They lived a lie. God gave them His commands and they lived as if they were just suggestions. God gave them wealth and they used it to abuse the poor. God gave them Himself and they gave Him nothing but rejection. And, and they were quite aware that they had failed and failed and failed. And oftentimes, even as followers of Jesus Christ, when Christ, if what we believe, truly believe, comes in and dictates our life. So we can't let past failures to possess us. The children of Israel did not deserve to receive anything from God, and yet He still loved them, and He earnestly wanted to help them experience his future here remember god's message there forget the former things do not dwell on the past it, i believe that god is saying to some of us and maybe all of us today forget the former things don't dwell on the past see i'm doing a new thing god was not condemning them for the past i mean they couldn't do anything to change that instead he was holding out hope he was in effect saying forget about it i'm giving you this opportunity to experience my presence freshly. <clears throat> um, look at this verse. So here's how you do that. He says later on in Isaiah, let the wicked, those who forget God, forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. So just my choices, my thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon so this is kind of refreshing our focus, looking back to the truth of who God is rather than let who I am color who God is. Can't uh, depend on past victories to sustain me. Can't allow past failures to possess me. But also we can't live on yesterday's faith. Here's a big thing. We can't live on yesterday's faith. He grows our faith. The children of Israel had experienced tremendous spiritual blessings throughout their history. The Passover, the crossing of the Red Sea, the conquering of the land of Canaan, building the temple. They had seen God at work in them in major ways. And yet their faith in what God had done was doing nothing in their present condition. Where they were. Their old faith wasn't sufficient to deliver them from what they were presently enduring. They needed to establish and display a fresh faith, a new faith, a present faith, to exercise their faith in God today. Where does that come from? 
Where does that come from? Whenever we're just overwhelmed, when it's dark, when we can't see our way of things even changing, where does that come from? It comes from God. Look at this verse where the psalmist says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what the Lord will speak. Here's the question for me and you. Will we hear what God wants to say to us today? You're going to listen to what God wants to say to you today? He's going to say, man, I love you. I know, I, know that, I know that there are things in the past that want to possess you and define you, but don't, don't allow that to happen. Hear what God has to say. And what He's going to say is, I love you, and I've got a plan, and I've got a purpose. I'm doing something new. We, that, was, that was embedded within us during our days of experiencing God, that God is always at work. God's will be done. And He is inviting me, you, me and you to join Him on that. So we just come to the place to where we embrace what God is doing. Alright, so we refresh our focus. And then the second thing is we reframe our circumstances. Reframe. Reframe. Now what does this mean? Let's pretend that this is a frame. Does that look like a frame? Kind of, sort of, maybe. I, I actually don't know what this is, but uh, this. Is, so here's what often happens: is that whenever we frame, we 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 really have a frame to really focus in on something. And usually, you 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 put something that as a value within a frame, right? Something that's nice or pretty or great saying or whatever the case is. Um, but what this is really a reminder of is that. So often, whenever we're in a place kind of like the Israelites were, whenever things are dark, things aren't going good, you know, we feel like we're in some type of bondage or, or we, can't, we, just, we can't seem to change or our circumstances aren't changing, uh, we start focusing, uh, you know, on stuff that like, well, that's, what's that? That's not good. Oh, that's not good. You know, I mean, so it's, it's like, You've got all of this right here. You just, you intentionally focus on what? What he says is discover what God wants you to understand. Focus on what God is saying, not what you're feeling. Focus on what God is saying and not your circumstances. Focus on who God is. There's a couple of things in this passage that I think helps us understand. I need to see myself as God sees me. I need to see myself as God sees me. That's the next thing on your outline right there. Um, Louis Zapparini, uh, he got back, you know, he, he was an Olympian, he was a war hero, and uh, yet the demons from the past and all that he'd gone through and the difficulty of being able to find a job. He, got, he met this uh, young lady, uh, I think Cynthia Applegate, and, and they got married, and it was just an amazing thing. And yet these demons were just in there and he, you know, just struggling. And, and uh, what did he turn to to cope? He turned to alcohol. I mean, and it just became just miserable night after night after night after night. You know, he was experiencing these horrific nightmares. Uh, and in the book, it tells us that one night uh, he was dreaming that he was the worst, that worst oppressor uh, was called the bird, that he woke up 
And uh, I mean, he was dreaming that he was choking uh, the bird who they called the bird that used to just beat him mercilessly. And, and he actually woke up and he had his hands around his wife. And she was at the place about to leave, uh, leave him. Uh, but then it so happened that was when in California that Billy Graham uh, had that famous crusade when it was in the 1950s. It was supposed to be a week. I think it lasted five to six weeks. And uh, she was a follower of Christ, and, uh, but she went and, and God impressed upon her his love for her and then how to love Louis in this, in this state that he was in. It was just a devastating, destructive lifestyle. And he couldn't see himself as God saw him. He couldn't see his circumstances. The children of Israel felt as though they were getting just what they deserved because of the way that they had lived. Some believed that God wouldn't even have anything more to do with them, but they were wrong. You may feel that your past, you may be feel that, that even your present is, is a wasteland, but God can come in and do what He says. He says, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I need to see myself as God sees me. I'm reframing this, looking at God, not looking at my circumstances. And here's what God tells us as followers of His. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation. How often do we condemn ourselves and just beat ourselves up? There, for there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Christ, no matter what you may be experiencing, no matter the failures or the struggles or the disappointments, or even the disobedience, God is still reaching out with His mercy. He's saying, in Christ, there's no condemnation. <laughs> Reframe that. St look and s discover what God has for you. And that was a difficult thing for Louis to do. But here's the second thing as far as reframing is, well, I need to see my possibilities as God sees them. See the possibilities. Sometimes we go, I, I just don't see, I don't see the future. I don't see how it's going to change. I don't see how my family's going to change, my circumstances, my job, my, my heart. My, I don't see where it's going to change. But what he says there is this, I'm making a way in the desert. Now he's talking to these people. They understand desert. Desert is dry, dusty, nasty, nothing. He said, I'm making a way in that. I'm making a way in the desert. God can transform the desert areas of your life into just fields of blessings, abundance. God can take a dried up, useless life and transform it with His purpose and grace. This is what 2 Corinthians 7, uh, 3, uh, 17 and 18 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being what? transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So what this is coming back and just reminding us of is this. God who created all that is is saying, I want to create in your life. You believe that? You trust me in that? Are you going to make that choice to, to embrace me? So what we do is we come and we just hit the refresh. Stop looking at the past. You can't look at the past and, and uh, embrace what God is wanting to do. 
we reframe it. We stop focusing in on the bad stuff and we focus in on the truth of God and who He is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. But what is it? It's in me. It's in me. So we refresh, we reframe, and then here's what God, I think, is inviting me and you to do today. We reclaim, reclaim God's plan. Maybe regain. We receive God's plan. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for me. God had already, here's the deal. As we look at this particular passage, as Isaiah is speaking to the people there, God had already set in motion the events and the people who would lead Israel out of captivity and back to the promised land. God had already done it. He was, God is already at work. But it was still up to them to decide if they wanted what God was offering, if they would trust Him, if they would believe Him, if they would embrace what God was doing, if they refused God's plan, if they refused to follow Him and where God was leading, then they would stay in captivity. He says, I am making a way in the desert, streams in the wasteland. Here's the bottom line. The encouragement for me and for you today is this. No matter what you're experiencing, you may be all excited. You know, you, your, your soul may be overjoyed, but God has already set in motion. No matter if you're facing difficulties, or if you feel captive, you feel locked in, you feel smothered, no matter what, God has already set in motion His plan and His purpose, His place of deliverance, for you in your life. And the question is, will we believe Him? Will we focus on that? <clears throat> I was in the book in, uh, of Louis Zamberini. He talks about how uh, because of his um, just trying to just uh, numb himself to, to all that was going on and, and through his abuse of alcohol, you know, he got sent down. He, he, was, he was representing... Uh, uh, the, the military and going around as far as U.S. war bonds because uh, they needed people to buy the war bonds. But, I mean, he was, just, he was just drinking so much. And then finally his commanding officer said, Man, I'm sending you down to Miami. I'm sending you down to Miami, and you're going to spend three days, and you're going to get cleaned up and all that kind of stuff. Well, it was down there during that time that he met his future wife, a believer. And... Uh, they, they did what most people don't do. I mean, they beat Felicia and my time in meeting and getting married. I mean, they, it was just a boom, you know, love at first sight kind of stuff, boom, and they got married. And I was, you know, going, you better think about this, Cynthia. You know, uh, but they got married. God had already set in motion the pieces that would, through which He would work to bring about the redemption in this one man's life. God's already set that emotion for me and for you. That we would experience what it is that He is wanting to do. God had a plan for Louis Zamperini. And He set that motion in plan. God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. And it's bigger than any pain, any habit, any strong, whatever it may be. For here's what we see God saying to us. In this last verse, for he is our God, if we acknowledge it, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, 
and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. God's speaking to us today. God's speaking to you today. He's inviting you afresh and anew to experience his peace, his deliverance, his forgiveness. Here's what's happened with uh, Louis Zamperini. So he was just abusing all this. The wife was about to leave with the baby. They already had a baby. Uh, the family didn't know what to do with him. Uh, and uh, so she had invited him several times to the Billy Graham crusade. Absolutely not. I'm not going to that. You know, he had had some bad experiences in church. And I thought one of the interesting, the interesting things, and, this, and again, this is the way we look at things. One of the interesting things is that uh, you've heard at a church service before, uh, okay, every, every head bowed and every eye closed. You ever heard that? Every head bowed. And uh, he, remember, he said he remembers from his early childhood from whatever uh, church situation he had that there, there were pickpockets. <laughs> there, were, there were pickpockets. Uh, that uh, the schemers that that and I, I don't know I don't know if that was the case or not but you know so you know it's like everything about what was going on he didn't like it you know and he wasn't going to do it uh, and the story his story is is that you know he went to the Billy Graham crusade he, he ran out the first time I mean it was obvious that God was working uh, you know whenever at the close of it he, he left and uh, but it was just so apparent that God was knocking on his heart's door. And, and so he came to the place to where he just bowed and surrendered to God. And, and he had to make a conscious choice to say no to the haunting messages of that captor, the bird, who continued to try to speak lies into him on which he had believed those and therefore it led to his behavior. He continued to believe, but he made a choice. I'm not going to believe that anymore. And I'm going to believe what God has said to me and about me. And he surrendered his life and experienced uh, the forgiveness and the grace and the purpose of Jesus Christ. And, and after that, after just responding to the Lord, then he could see. He goes... Instead of God allowing all of that to happen to me and God being my enemy, I now see that God kept me alive through all that. It's a redemption story. He kept me alive for all that for this so that I could know Him and so that I could be a follower of Him. So it's making conscious choices to who we're going to believe. Are you going to believe your circumstances? Are you going to believe what others are saying about you? Or are you going to believe what God says? I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I want you to experience the freedom and the peace that only I can give. But what it requires, is, what it's going to require of us is, is to take Him at His word where He says, stop looking back. Don't let the past define you. Don't keep looking back. Look ahead. Look into my eyes. Look at me that I may bring about the redemption of your life and your heart. Join me. I'm doing a new thing. You ready for it? You ready for it, really? Let's do it. Let's pray together. Father God, we just come and today we acknowledge that like Louis Zamperini, uh, left our own devices, uh, you know, we can do stuff and we'll cope and we'll try to make ends meet and 
And yet, Lord, that's not what we're created for. We're created for a relationship with you and to join you in your redemptive purposes. The writer of Hebrews says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, there's so many things, so much, so many distractions that are going on, even at this moment. But I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just draw our cheeks in the palms of your hands that we may fix our eyes on you and that we may see your love, your grace, your forgiveness, and that we may obey what it is that you're calling us to do today. Lord, this year, your desire is to make a way in the desert of the circumstances of some of our lives. Your, your desire is to bring rivers of life through a wasteland which has been dry and, and unproductive and yet just simply by expressing our faith in you, Lord, you will do this new thing. We pray for this new thing that you are doing in the world, in our church, and in our lives today. And we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, I want to invite you to spend just a moment. Uh, right now, we're going, to, we're going to bow our heads. You can keep your eyes open if you're worried about pickle, but we're going to bow our heads. And, and I want you to, um, to spend a minute Is it, and, and just ask God, you know, just be honest with him. Just be honest with him, you know. Is there a wasteland? You feel like a, what's going on in your life is a wasteland? You feel like you're dry? Just ask Him through the power of His Holy Spirit to reveal to you what, just the next step of how you can obey Him in that. It may be that you've been doing religion for a long time, but you don't know Him. It may be that He is inviting you today uh, to embrace His grace Maybe His forgiveness. Maybe He's inviting you just to obey Him because He's forgiven you. And now there's some that there's that bitterness and that hatred towards someone. He's saying, I want you to forgive. You can't do it, but I can do it through you. Ask Him. Just say, Lord, will you show me what's kept me in this captivity, what's kept me in this wasteland? And allow Him to reveal Himself through the Holy Spirit. Would you bow with me just for a minute? Father, right now, as we're on the threshold of the new year, Lord, we've got plans, we've got activities, but the truth is is that you are doing a new thing, that you're always at work. Lord, rather than us uh, focusing in and uh, looking through blinders at the circumstances, may we look to you, Jesus. We come and we humble ourselves before you and ask that you speak to our hearts individually and corporately and that by faith we would respond. And we ask that you fill us with faith today and that we would respond in obedience to your invitation. Take a moment and just 
Just do business with God. Bow before Him, humble before Him, and receive His grace. Pray and ask God to help you perceive what it is He's doing in your life. Just ask Him. Say, I want to know. Pray and ask Him to help you perceive and see what He's doing in your family. What He wants to do. Pray and ask Him that you would perceive and see what He's doing in the world today. And just say, Lord, by faith, I join with you in that. Lord, we thank You for how You bless us in so many ways. And we thank You for this opportunity um, here at the end of 2018 that You've got a fresh 2019. And Lord, that you are able, more than able, uh, to accomplish your purpose, your freedom, your deliverance in each of our lives today. Lord, I pray today that we would abandon the wastelands and experience uh, the mighty love and grace and purpose that you have for us. Lord, thank you for blessing us um, with your presence today through your Holy Spirit. And also, Lord, we just come in just a moment. We're going to be bringing to you an offering, perhaps our life or perhaps a response to you or just even an invitation to, uh, to join with the body of Christ here in what you've called us to do. We're going to respond to that. And then also we're going to come bringing offerings to you uh, as a demonstration of uh, our uh, love for you and also of our acknowledgement that everything we have is from you. We pray that you would use these responses, these offerings for your glory and the advancement of your purpose in your kingdom. Lord, as you continue uh, to bring rivers of living water to a wasteland and lives around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.